No, that's not the intro. That's that's just the preset that comes with the mixer. Do we have a song? Uh, not yet. Deepaz is working on it. Right. I've tried to rush him up, but he's been busy. Uh, welcome to uh, TCRT, the uh, podcast that's, when abbreviated, sounds like a steroid Joe Rogan would probably use. <laughs> but the corner of the round table is what we're actually called. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's my greyhound. Um, so I'm Andy, Andrew, Connie, Con, depending who you are and where you are. Uh, with me is uh, Daniel, Dano, Wakes, Minga, Finger, Pinga, Finger. Finger. <laughs> How you doing? Good, Minga. Good. Yeah, so basically what we're doing is we're going to just talk a lot of shit about sports. Um, I know everybody considers himself to be a good punter these days, but I genuinely am a gun punter. So I'm going to be giving some tips, and whether you want to take them or not, that's completely up to you. But I'd suggest um, if you wanted to win some money, you do. Um, what about yourself, Dano? Um, I'm a bad punter, um, but that's okay. I'll give it a crack. I lose money, but I've got a few theories, and I'll probably explain them. As well, we you, you've done pretty well. You've You've uh, leaned me into a couple recently. You picked the Lions a couple of times in the finals Yeah, I recently. did, Minga, I did. I'm not that bad. Except not the one against Geelong, obviously. Um, but, yeah, what have you been doing anyway? Like, geez, I haven't, I haven't seen you in a few weeks. Um, well, I've been riding the Collingwood train, Minga. Mm-hmm. Uh, last weekend was heartbreaking. Again. Mm, we, uh, we lost by a point. I wasn't going to go out. I went out, drank a few beers before the game, yeah. heaps during the game, yeah, and then heaps after the game. How's it been watching them lose by or win by less than 10 points pretty much all season? I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Nah, it's been like the best year of footy ever yeah. for Collingwood. Um, and it was probably too much of a fairy tale for it to keep going, but fuck, I thought we were a sniff. Mm. It was phenomenal. I was at um, one of the annual Hunters Club luncheons that we do. There's like 30 of us. Um, we all put in like $10 a week. And we take turns punting in groups each week and try and win some money. Generally do. I do. Um, but And I did that weekend too. I had a punt that came off. But um, yeah, we had a room rented at the Norman in Brisbane. We watched the races all day and then we went and had another room rented which pretty was much like upstairs at a bar in Brisbane. It felt like we had our, a pub to ourselves. It was like a miniature pub. But we had the Collingwood and the Sydney game on first. And everyone was really getting around Collingwood. It was a bit of a Cinderella story. And I don't know how I feel about it because Collingwood are hated. Mm. And as a Collingwood supporter, I like being hated. Mm. This year there were people, your neutral supporters actually going for us. I spoke to a few Collingwood people about it and, like, we don't know how we feel about the love coming from the outside. Oh, you wouldn't be used to it. I don't think I like it. Yeah. But, thanks. Well, I didn't say that I like you <laughs> or anything like that. I don't know what it was. I think it's just the fact that you've been playing such entertaining sort of nah, footy and the finishes have been great. I think people just wanted to see it. Yeah, they've captured the imagination this year. It has been a proper Cinderella story. Um, yeah, it was like seven wins under a goal or something during the season, and then lost two by under a goal. Seven wins under a goal. Yeah, I think it was a world record every week. Every time we did it, it was like the the most wins under that amount of like under a goal or something. Yeah, ever in a season, and then it happened in the finals, and we were on the wrong end of it, Minga. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. Um, I was on the wrong end of it as well after that night. I tell so you was what. I. <laughs> Still am. I'm only just recovered. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few anti-inflammatories getting around. I tell you that. Much. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Big <laughs> Wayne, isn't he? Um, isn't Big Wayne an absolute mess? Big Wayne, I know, uh, he's got a sore shoulder, Minga. <laughs> he. Um, yeah, is he a, is he some sort of protective protected species 
down there, like to still be in the media. Um, and I don't have, I obviously have no issue with anti-inflammatories. That's not like, that's not the issue. I just feel like if it was in the NRL, if you'd fucked up as many times as a bloke like that did, there's no way they'd still have you like on the panel, you know, yeah. as a commentator or anything like that. It's like, what is he? What What is it about him that would keep him in that role? Like, well, it's obviously the fact that he's regarded as the best player ever, but that probably makes it more fucked that he's got away with. He's regarded as the best forward ever. Best player. The best player. I think he actually is voted or regarded as the best player that's ever played. Um, Why? Well, he was he was pretty good. Captain was he just super dominant? He was dominant. Dominant. Like, 90s Wayne Carey is like, yeah, best player ever. Two flags, captain, big alpha male. Yeah, I loved him. Like, that's when that's when I, I fell in love with North was when he was playing. Yeah. Well, I loved him. But, I mean, he, he lost all my respect over the years. He's had issues with, like, yeah, I think he glassed his girlfriend. Yeah, or, mate. And the Anthony, you know, the cheating. Oh, the Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, probably the worst one for me was um, losing your hair on live television. Like, clearly having no hair left on live television and then coming back with hair. next season with a full head of hair. <laughs> I don't think there's anything worse than that. I don't think that's okay, Mingo. I don't think an- all the anti-inflammatories in the world, you could cheat on everybody's missus you played footy with, but the fact that you've sh- shown your cards like that... <sighs> And you know the other thing that's weird is like his commentary is actually average. Like he's a bit of a dinosaur in the commentary box like a lot of the old players, you know. Like he's just a bit out of date with the game as well. So the fact that he's got a gig's weird and it's pretty funny that he's ended up getting the arse over the old anti-inflammatories at Crown Casino. But um, I just had enough. I've got a funny story about him, Minga. Mm. So I think... It, I think uh, might have been a couple of years ago. Um, a few of my mates were in Bali for a Bucks. And um, it was... He must have been on the anti-inflammatories that trip because they met him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was at the airport and my, my brother-in-law saw him, got a photo with him. Apparently he was pretty nice. And then... They bumped into him at like another bar later in the night or whatever. And my brother-in-law's brother is a mad North supporter and the Ducks, his hero. And he went up to him. They spoke for like an hour or something. And apparently the Duck was pretty good. And um, <laughs> He was good. Yeah, I don't know if I want to drop names here, but now Jake Daw was in the, uh, in the same club and apparently the Duck was shredding Majak to my mate. Yeah, because he was there. Nah, just in general, just calling him a, a big pussy. Yeah, okay. And uh, Which is kind of funny. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then I um, think it's kind of fair the way he played, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's fair too. And then um, <laughs> and then apparently like later in the night, apparently it was like four hours later, they were walking and they were on one side of the road and the duck was like at the 7-Eleven on the other side of the road and the boys saw him and they were yelling out, Duck, yeah, duck, duck. The duck looks up and goes, Well, 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 if it isn't the faggots. And they were like, <laughs> They were like, They were like, My mate was like, Oh, duck, oh, like, come on, come on, duck, come on, duck. And he's like, No, 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 no. It's faggot number one, faggot number two, and faggot number three. And then there was a smaller cousin of the groom who was like the smallest of the lot. And he goes, let me just check this exact quote. He goes, and even you, the littlest faggot. (laughs) (laughs) What year was this? This wasn't that long ago, Mingo. It was like, I reckon it was like two or three years ago. Apparently the duck was like out with his mates. Uh, No, out with no mates. And he just had like... he was full feral. He had a little handbag full of inflammatories. Really? By himself, just getting, just, just old. Walking around Bali. Walking around Bali. 
Wayne Carey walking around Bali by himself calling people faggots. And if it isn't you, the littlest faggot, is what he said to the, the but last didn't he corporate. meet them earlier and he was, and he was sweet with them? Yeah, the so he was, he was sweet with them at the airport. He was sweet with them at the club at the start. And then, yeah, four hours later, he remembered them. Must have hated them the whole time and just started teeing off on them. He never liked them at all. He never liked them. He was them. waiting for them. <laughs> he never liked He was them. waiting to build up. <laughs> The courage, or whatever you'd call it, yeah, to go and call them. Actually, he what got he rid of his. He got rid of say, his filter. What? Yeah. He, as soon as he met them, what he actually wanted to say was, "You're all a bunch of faggots." <laughs> and what it's so that? sad because my my um my mate who who's the the one that spoke to him originally, um, like the duck is literally his hero. Like, you know, he's he's thirty odd. He would have grown up as a kid and the duck would have been like Superman to him. And yeah. he's, he's met his hero. He spoke to him for an hour, got on well with him or he thought he did. And then um, <laughs> the heroes called him a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wayne Carey didn't. <laughs> I don't know. T- I, like, what do, what do you reckon, Tish? What do you reckon about Wayne Carey? Throwing that word around. You're a lot more no PC comment. than me. <laughs> Can we say that word, Tish? Three years ago? No. No, like today? Oh, yeah, today. If it's in context. Well, it was it was probably never okay. But you don't hear it said a lot anymore. No, you don't hear like, it said. You've got to be a real feral and to, to still be throwing that word around, I reckon. And to be yelling it over the street is just... It's, I reckon that's just so loose. Do you think there's something about being... The greatest player ever, like you said. Whereas you you <laughs> you like kind of hold in all this emotion, <laughs> pretend to be a good bloke all the time, and then when you get on the piss and the anti inflames, your just true self comes out, and you just need to ride everybody else and be the biggest wanker imaginable. Yeah, he probably he probably had a bit built up, didn't he? And he just wanted to go for it. He was in another country, but apparently he actually. He's really well known in Bali. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy. He'd probably stand out. <laughs> so yeah. he goes there a fair bit. I think he goes there a fair bit. I've heard a few stories about him over there, but um, yeah, haven't seen him myself in the flesh. But apparently, it is a sight to behold seeing the duck in full flight on a, on a banana lounge in Bali, oiled up. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this grand final, shall we? I mean, it's. Definitely the biggest thing on the cards this weekend. Um, one of the biggest days of the year. Now, you're from Melbourne. Um, what's it like being down there? Because I've never been to one. I've never actually even been to a game at the MCG, even though I'd love to. Yeah, so it's it's a, it's a big week in Melbourne. Um, it's pretty weird. Like, grand final parade, they've made a public holiday for it on a Friday. And they do, like, a grand final parade through the city where they block the streets off. And have like the players go around in cars. I think they have like two players per car and they're like sitting on the back of it waving, you know, like royal family kind of treatment. Two um, players, why only two? Well, there's so there's like 10 cars per team, mm. you know, two players sitting on the back of a car waving. And then like there's a car behind them with another two players. So it's oh, like monarchy a monarchy stuff. It's a full on monarchy thing. Very Victorian. It's it is pretty weird. Like I don't really get it, um, but yeah, they do it, and then the players get on like a stage. They have the cup. They hold it up. I don't know if they cheer and stuff. Why is it? Is it two of every player? Um, like as in like <laughs> is there every player from the team just in twos in the car? Not like a Noah's Ark style thing. But is there like two of every? Is there two players in every car? Or is it just they just pick two players from the team? No, no, it's two players in every car. So there's so there's many. two of every player. There's two of every player. Yeah. Okay. In in. It's like yeah. It's there's an arc to it. Yeah, Noah's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really get it. It must have been going on forever or something. I'm not sure, but it happens, and it's just a big deal. It's just a different week, and. Everyone's into it. It doesn't really matter who's playing. It's just like the whole city is just engrossed in it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if they do that with the NRL. 
And does it matter who's like in it? Can you think of a time when there wasn't a um, Melbourne team in there? Yeah, I re- remember like the early 2000s, there were Sydney West Coast Grand Finals. Um, what was the vibe like in Melbourne when they were on? They wouldn't have been as hot, but I think people come from those states and actually get, get involved. Like WA have the big, a big AFL following, so they come over. Um, and I think people just still get around it. Like kids still want to go and see footy players and, yeah, it's wild. Um, but, yeah, that's happening tomorrow. Geelong are in it, so there'll be heaps of people. Um, and Sydney, I think, have a semi-decent supporter base. They might have a few come down as well, so... You'd want to hope so. You'd want to hope they'd rock up, Minga. Um, Do you reckon there's a chance they don't? I reckon there's a chance they don't, yeah. Do you think they've got any chance? Of winning? Yeah. I reckon they've got a big chance. Yeah? Uh, Yeah. A hard, hard pick. Would you steer me into it? Because what are they paying? What are they paying? Uh, Hang on. I think that, well, they're 265. They're two sixty five. Yeah, and Geelong are a dollar forty nine. See, I look at that dollar forty nine and I think, oh, I'd love to multi that with something like Penrith or something, you know. Try and get nearly two dollars about it. I actually reckon. Yeah, I feel like it's a pretty even game. I, I wouldn't know who to pick to be honest, so I don't understand those odds. Mm. Geelong are primed, but Sydney are real good. Yeah, okay. they've been really impressive. They killed, they, they killed Melbourne. Two weeks ago, and then they got Collingwood last week. Geelong, what did they do? They just beat Collingwood the week before. And then they belted Brisbane. They belted Brisbane, but Brisbane were finished. Brisbane and Brisbane. Brisbane are average. Mm. Um, yeah, don't know, Minga. I think it's going to be a close one. Yeah, right. That's interesting. After you um, steered me into the Lions a couple of weeks ago, those first couple of weeks of finals almost feel like following you because that was um, pretty elite because I didn't give them a single chance for, for them to get that far. Yeah, I don't un- think a lot of people did. They were under a bit of heat in that first final, especially with the way they played, like the weeks leading into it. So I just – they had a bit to play for. And then I think when they won that second one, they beat Melbourne at the G. That was like their grand final. And then they were talking about how they were – Surprised that they won and all this sort of stuff after that, and just a bit of a loser's attitude, I reckon, Minga. And then they got they got smoked in the prelim. Yeah, they're probably lucky to get as far as they did. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, we've got um, Kane Lambert uh, having a chat to us today. We we're just going to talk about, you know, he's a three-time premiership winner with Richmond. Uh, we couldn't think of anybody better that we actually could get on the phone to talk to us about. The game on the weekend. Jesus, a good start, isn't it? Yeah, we've done well. <laughs> it's a good start. We've done well. None of the rest of this show might be terrible, but at least we've got Kane on. Jeez, so, we've done well. Should we give him a call? Yeah. Hello. Oi. You got me? Got ya. It's working. Headset's on and all, mate. Headsets on, mate. I've got Andy here. Hey, Kane. It's hey, Andy, Andy, mate. How are you? How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. You must, feel, you must feel blessed to be in the presence of Daniel. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Jeez, he's blessed. Uh, it was a godsend, him coming into my life. <laughs> so, what's the go here? We, um, what's the go here? What are you, what, what are you thinking? We, um, you're not recording now, are you? Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter though. It doesn't matter, Tone. We can cut. What it, What are you well, doing uh, down there today? Anyway, have you uh, you got footy stuff on or? No, nah, well it's um, it's probably the first sunny day in Melbourne for about eight weeks. So everyone's out and about. It's um, there's a bit happening. It's good. Um, obviously it's a uh, day of mourning, but um, no, it's a bit happening in Melbourne at the moment. It's a, it's a good week around final week. Yeah, well the weather is absolutely dog shit up here. It always oh. seems the way. It's pissing down, Toad. It's pissing down. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the forecast is too good for the next couple of days, but uh, we'll make the most of it. It might be a bit wet on the Yarra tomorrow. <laughs> the boys are doing their parade on the Yarra. 
Oh, yeah. Because we're on the Yarra, what, in a boat? Yeah, on the boats, Daniel. So is that two men to every boat? I don't know how they're going to do it, actually. Because <laughs> that is a bit of a Noah's Ark sort of thing if, they, if they're on the boats now. What's we the were just with talking the about that, how they put two, two players in, a, in each car. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, uh, yeah, there was two in each. Um, but I don't know what they're doing with the boats. I don't even know what sort of boat they've, they've got. Did you? Who were you, who were you with every time you were in the parade? Uh, well, we missed out on the parade in 2020 oh, yeah. with um, being in Brisbane. But um, both t- actually, I think the first one I was with Jaden Short and the second one I was with Jack Graham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How does it feel, Toad, when you're on the in the car? This is, do you feel like a weirdo or...? You feel good, or what is it? Celebrity? Yeah, I think um, I think you know know me well enough to Daniel that it's it's not my cup of tea sitting in the car and waving to people. But um, <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> very very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, um, it's mixed though. Like we were playing, what was it? Um, GWS. Um, so it wasn't in 2019 in Adelaide. It wasn't it wasn't too many. Um, Adelaide and GWS supporters of a lot of Richmond, so there wasn't too much abuse, but there, there was the odd, there was the odd bit of abuse that had come out your way. But um, <laughs> Jeez, no, it was, uh, it's um, yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit uncomfortable to be honest. There's only so much waving you can kind of do, yeah. but um, <laughs> uh, it's a special it is a special week. Um, so when when you talk about the abuse too, did you do you hear a lot of it when you're on the when you're on the ground? Uh, not, not you hear more about it at local level when you're playing VFL and, and yeah. local footy than you do at AFL. I know um, occasionally you get the odd one sort of coming down the race, but it's typically um, uh, like a, a team sort of abuse. But um, no, there's too much going on to be Nothing fair to hear too much. <laughs> it would fight. It would fire you up a bit, wouldn't it? Uh, depends. Depends who you are. I think um, it'd probably. Um, yeah, it depends who you are and sort of what motivates you, but I wouldn't be encouraging abuse my way, to be fair. <laughs> Toad, I've got a question. and I've got a theory on this. You might have the opposite theory, but... Um, mm-hmm. You're a man of many theories. I've got theories. Um, grand final as a game, as a player. Like, you know how people talk about it's just another game and, you know, do our thing and... Uh, I just reckon when people say it's just another game, it's like a bit of a, not a cop-out, but like a, me- a coping mechanism for the pressure. For the pressure. Um, do, you tre- do you reckon it's like just another game or do you embrace the fact that it is a grand final and it is different and it is big? Yeah, I think um, I, 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 I hear what you're saying and um, you know, there would be an element or a mental element to uh, it's just another game. Uh, you know, part of it. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of extraordinary moments in a in in big games, um, but you've got to you've you've got to make every moment count in those. And I think that's why um, you know grand finals and, and big finals. Um, as a player, you probably say it's just just another game um, because you you aim to have best execution um, no matter what game you're playing. But um, yeah, it's a different it's a different week and it's a different build up and um, you know everywhere you go it follows you. I know Melbourne's a bit of a fishbowl with footy, but come finals time, there's no escaping it. So I think you can actually, um, you know, you can exhaust yourself if you if you don't actually embrace it. To be fair, yeah. um, and that was uh, the the difference a little bit in Brisbane when uh, the 2020 flag. I remember going through a newspaper the day before a game and. It was about 15 pages in before there was one article on the footy, you know, where Melbourne, Melbourne, you can't even go to a coffee shop without people talking about, you know, talking about the footy. So, um, yeah, it, I hear what you're saying. I think there's an element to it where, yeah, it's probably a, um, a, a coping mechanism, but um, there, there is a lot more at stake, I, I suppose. Do you think um, being in that environment in Brizzy, where you weren't so much the centre of attention sort of everywhere you went, did it help you prepare more or did you get a little bit more, you know, G'd up for it when everywhere you went, people were sort of getting around you or hurling abuse at you, depending where? Oh, I'll probably answer, probably answer this question from a really privileged position to have experienced 
uh, the premierships in Melbourne, you know, the two prior in 17 and 19, that the, the experience in Brisbane was a new one and there was a part of it that was e- exciting. Uh, it was it was a change. You know, we um, Melbourne's just a great place to be during grand final week, but having having experienced that, uh, being in Brisbane was um, it was almost refreshing. Uh, so it was it was it, it honestly didn't really feel like a, a grand final to be honest. I know we sort of did a little bit of little bit of media build up, but with the hub and um, you know we were in such a tight bubble that you weren't actually allowed to um, get too close to the action and and saying that there wasn't much noise about footy in in those states at that time anyway yeah so weird that you've experienced the both of them isn't it um when when you've played in big like the grand finals in melbourne i've been to heaps of grannies and i just feel like even in the crowd like there's just a different feeling with like even just like the air and the smell and there's just like the noise it's all just a bit different as a player, when you're like on the ground, like how, how does that feel? Like, can you half describe it? Like, can you hear it, or are you just like in the zone? You don't even know what's going on outside. No, of the like, you do, Daniel. You particularly at the start of the game and the build-up. There's just this. It's like the air's a bit thicker, or there's just this energy and buzz. Um, you can just feel the human emotion. Just it's like this big vortex. Um, but once the game starts, it. it that quickly kind of shifts. I know probably the first five, five ten minutes, it's, it's it's still around. But as the game sort of evolves, um, you get to you'll get really caught up in sort of what you're doing and what you need to do. That um, it's not until the the final siren where you actually get to um, take all that that buzz and um, the electricity in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I bet, I bet you still you'd still feed off that these days too. Whenever you're like feeling a bit down, you just all you need to do is just tell yourself three, you know. <laughs> I got three. Do you think about that, Tate? <laughs> oh, you know, you um, it, yeah. I, I get asked a lot, what's my favourite premiership, and I, I've you know I've got to answer that question with saying it's such a privileged position to be able to be, you know, be able to answer a question like that. So I um, yeah, it's it's but premierships, you know, it's. How you handle success is a lot different to how you handle failure, and when you when you achieve when you achieve your dream, it actually you, you start to ask yourself what next. And um, you know, premiership glory is unbelievable and it's exhilarating and it's and it's worth chasing. But winning them actually makes you realise it's the process of getting there that that you watch what you really love. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know that that I actually wanted to ask you too. Um, when you talk about you know achieving your dreams and what's next, um, you're you're going to be assistant coach of the Tigers next year. Is that right? Yeah, well, in a in a development um, in a development space with a, a, a little bit of um, contribution in our in our mental and our peak performance program. So yeah, um, yeah, there's there's definitely a coaching element involved. Oh, that's amazing, man! Congrats on that. Did you was that something you kind of always saw yourself doing, or did it just sort of come about? Uh, yes and no. I um, I knew uh, and it's interesting. I spent spent five or six years trying to get drafted, and then once I did, I was thinking, what am I going to do when I'm not here? It's um, there's a lot of things I knew that I didn't want to do, but I was still pretty open-minded about um what I want to do, and I'm still probably figuring that out to be honest. I know, I know I love the game, and I'm passionate about the game. There's elements of coaching that I love, but there's you know there's parts of it that I don't necessarily enjoy either. But um, I've probably started putting. Um, I think it was around 2020, 2019 when my, my hip was starting to give me a fair bit of trouble. I knew at some point it was it was going to finish me up that I had to start putting some building blocks and um, you know some foundations in for my transition out of the game. And uh, yeah, I've been really fortunate that Richmond has supported that. And obviously didn't play a lot of footy this year and, and spent a lot of time you know in, in probably a similar role to what I'll end up doing next year and and really enjoyed it. And Richmond seen some value in it and. Um, it offered me a position. That's great, mate. Good to hear. It is good, um, mate. We won't keep it too long, but we oh, we got to get we got to get some tips. We wouldn't off mind here. getting a tip because you're well qualified to give us one. Yeah, this is a this is a somewhat punting podcast. Um, so, do you reckon we could get we could get a couple off you for the granny? What you th- what do you th- what are you thinking? 
yeah, I just don't want to be responsible for anyone losing money. But no, no, uh, no, no, no. We've only got we've only got uh, two <laughs> listeners, and everybody around here gambles responsibly. <laughs> well, I um, in twenty twenty, and obviously a lot of people were in lockdown, but. Um, the amount of messages that I got that I cost people a five dollar multi because I didn't get enough possessions was unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable, you know. I, um, yeah, yeah, that, you that, kept, that, you kept getting fourteen. I got, I, I got I got fourteen touches. I needed me to get fourteen and a half, so they cost me uh, oh. a, a seventeen dollar fifty return. So I um. Yeah, but anyway, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I, what, what's this I don't eat? think any, anything fires people up more than that sort of stuff. People are throwing out well, sure. threats over that. Sort of I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they wanted me to do. Like, do they want me to pay their pay their winnings or what? I was in try not to get to this. They're looking for a payout. <laughs> yeah, no, so much. Yeah, yeah. They think you're a sports bet or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what do you what do you reckon? Who do you reckon's a chance of the Norm Smith? Uh, well, I think I think it probably obviously typically does depends on on who wins. I think if Geelong get the game on their terms, which the Geelong are so hard to beat, they're, they're really hard to score against and they get so so well set behind the ball and, and it's typically on the back of Tom Stewart. So I think if, you know, I think personally, I think Geelong probably win by about four goals and if they do that, it probably means Tom Tom Stewart's had a pretty big influence. Okay. Oh, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. similar? I wasn't thinking similar, but that's good. I like the sound of that too. Have you got a first goal scorer, if you had to? Uh, well, the other one I probably would have backed for Norm Smith, if it wasn't Tom Stewart, was probably Jeremy Cameron. So I'll, I'll take him for first goal. Yeah, 100%. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's been so good having you on. Thanks so much for helping us out. Yeah, you're an absolute yeah. legend. And, and good luck with all the stuff, coaching and stuff. Hopefully next time you come up, we can catch up for a beer. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I, uh, um, you're the OG, Toad. I'm, I'm very privileged. It's um, I, I feel like I'm in an echelon of people who um, got the nod. So thank you for having me on. Uh, <laughs> Mate, we couldn't third. think of anyone better to have this conversation with us this week before the granny. That we knew. <laughs> There's nobody better. Thanks, Eve. Well, thank, thank you for the kind words. Enjoy, enjoy the grand final and uh, hopefully it's a good one. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. He speaks well, and he's well qualified. Very well qualified. Uh, that's exciting that he's going to be doing that coaching. I, th- I think that's great. Yeah, he's... Now, just to his tips, uh, the Norm Smith, Tom Stewart, I'm just looking at it now, $12. That's good. It's a good tip, and Norm that's Smith... a really good tip. Norm Smith's like... The good thing about the Norm Smith voting is it's voted by past players, so... Brownlow, it's always, um, it's always midfielders winning it, but in a grand final, that they'll happily choose like a player that plays a role rather than someone that gets thirty touches. So, mm. Tom Stewart's a good pick for the norm, I reckon. Yeah, I really like that. We'll be getting on that. Um, now, first goal scorer, Jeremy Cameron. He's probably the favourite, is he? Well, he is, but he's still play, paying pretty well. I mean, he's paying eight seventy five. Gonna have to have a little bit of something on that. I think I think it wouldn't be a bad little multi. Do you reckon a little same Tom Stewart and Jeremy Cameron and Geelong? Yeah, I mean that'd pay really well. Yeah, you, you, I mean you're gonna have to if you if if you're getting a tip like that. Three-time premiership winner, you'd be mad not to. <laughs> um, now he also said Geelong by four goals, so that's two fifty-five. Jeez, if you multied all those together. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. That's what this show could possibly be about. Stuff like that, you know. <laughs> Jeez, it'd be good if it comes off. I know. Wow, we're gonna have to do that. We'll, we'll get that happening. I've um. What do you? What do you? Yeah. What? So what? What do you like though? I, I'll probably go Sydney just for the sake of the exercise, mm-hmm. and I don't mind a storyline. So, Tom Papley Minga, do you know him? Papley. Yeah. I know the name. So he's like a little ball of excitement, mm. Sydney forward. Mm. And he loves it. He just loves it. Like he's just an antagonizer, loves the big stage, carries on like a pork chop. 
is uh, if Sydney win, I reckon he wins the norm and I reckon he kicks the first goal. Really? Yeah. He's, um, he was really good against Collingwood. I thought often in big games, small forwards go missing. Yeah, okay. Um, he's sort of like a bit of a midfield forward set up um, mm-hmm. and he's just been good. Big time player. Celebrations are his celebrations. Jeez, I'll show you some later. They're, yeah. they're just really good. Um, and I think so that'll be your value. That'd have to be your value better than what's he. What's he paying for the norm? Uh, for the norm, he like it. Well, he's paying $12 for first goal scorer. The norm, he's paying 21 mm. That that That'd be huge if you could hit that. Mm. I mean, throwing first goal scorer in is always a bit, you know, it's risky. Put have five bucks or something like that, but always gamble responsibly. Obviously, What's, um, uh, have you got a tip for that game? Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I th- I think I think Geelong do it. I think. Um, I mean, if I was gonna go, see now that after speaking to Kane, all I can see is Tom Stewart. Norm Smith, wet or winner, winner, you know? <laughs> That's fair. That's all I can say. <laughs> so, look, I don't really know if you'd listen to me on this. Like, if I was going to tip anything here, I'd just be saying I'd have Geelong to win in just head-to-head and be throwing that in a multi with something else we might talk about a bit later. Um, anything else I was to give you on this would just be an absolute bum steer and so a throw at the stumps. And I think you just probably listen to Kane or yourself – now you've gone the opposite direction, but I know you—you uh, you know what you're talking about. So Minga, I've been thinking about this, and I'm big on champion players winning premierships. You know, like I like a bit of romance. I want to see fairy tales. Paddy Dangerfield's probably been, you know, top five midfielder for ten years. He's been—he's won Brownlows, heaps of all Australians and stuff, and he's kind of got like a semi-notorious record in finals. Um, he was best on last week and I could see him turning it on in a grand final. He's just too good 100%. to have not done that yet. So mm. Paddy Dangerfield to turn it on in the granny for a Geelong win is also pr- pretty good, I reckon. Um, yeah. He's just a gun. He's probably been injured for the last couple of years, a few niggles, but if he's ever going to live for a big game, like he's pro- he might not get another chance, you know. So Yeah. It's this weekend. So danger he, could be a good bet. Yeah, and I mean he's seven dollars. You added them two together, you, you probably you're getting pretty you're probably getting close to ten, so that's probably the obvious one, right? Um I've got uh we haven't spoken about the Brownlow Minga. Yeah, I need a bit of an opinion off you. Yeah. So Paddy Cripps won the Brownlow champion player. Love watching him, he's one of my favourites. Um, now, one of my best mates who – do we name him? I don't know if we name him. Do we name him? I'll name him. Yeah. Poller. Yeah. Who you might have met. Yeah, I know him. Good man. <laughs> he, uh, he's been known to do a few weird things. Yeah. And at the start of the year, he, Paddy Cripps started the year really well. I think he got a couple of, like, best ons at the start. And Poller, Poller told me he got on Cripps for the Brownlow at 42 bucks. You're kidding. That's phenomenal. I don't know when he was ever paying 42 bucks, but apparently... Yeah, is that surprising he'd be paying that? Yeah, I, I don't know when he did that, but he did it. And halfway through the year, they were talking about how he's going to break records, like winning margin of Brownlow and all that. And all year I was sort of thinking, fuck, Polo got him at $42. Like, he's going to be rich. I'd be able to pack it on it. He gets to Brownlow night... I sort of forgot about Polar's bet until the end where Cripps was like making a bit of a run for it. Cripps wins in the last round of the year, gets three votes, wins by a vote. Our group chat goes off. Polar, like, fuck, how much did you win? And we're wait- I'm waiting, like I'm full ch- sitting on the phone, like waiting. I was so pumped. I was almost sweating in bed. I was thinking, worst case, he's put 20 bucks on, he wins 800. Not that good, but still 800 is better than nothing. He he posts on the group one eighty four dollars. Oh my god! 
and I'm thinking, oh, he's Mr. Zero. He's he's one eight forty. No, that wasn't a typo. He's put two bucks on it. Now that is gambling responsibly. Yeah, bigger. And which we do condone. But I mean I just want to know. know something. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? That's a fucking I mean it's a good it's a good bet, but it's a cowardly stake. Is it is if it a good gonna, bet or a bad bet? Well, I feel like if a man can't you know outlay a, a f- you know five dollars on a future bet like that you probably you know shouldn't even be betting like what's the point if you're going to wait that long for something to come around to get a payout of 82 dollars it almost becomes like you haven't won anything at all i reckon you know what i mean what do you think toad Being coat? good on him great bet yeah what do you think toad coat i probably would have put two dollars on it too so She's a small staker as well. <laughs> so, yeah, so w- the question's been posed to the group chat. H- has he actually put a good bet on as a whole? Yeah. Like, is that a good bet? It's a great bet. In his opinion, he's turned $2 and into if 84 If cowardly stake a great bet, it becomes a, it becomes a shit bet. You're not, winning, you're not winning anything off of it. Ooh. $82. Like, come on. All right. So it's, a shit, so it's a shit bet. <laughs> it's a shit ass bet. <laughs> Jeez, he fucked up. Um, all right, look, we've spent a lot of time on AFL. So uh, we'll just go to the spring carnival next and start talking about some horse racing. Um, I'm going to give the uh, Oracle a call. He's a um, mythical beast who knows horse racing better than anybody I know. <laughs> Hey, Connie, how are you? Oracle. Good, mate. How you doing? <laughs> I'm wonderful. You must have known and I was going to call. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> mate, how'd you... I forgot to ask you, or maybe I did know and I've just forgotten, but how'd you go on, on the weekend at Punters, on the GGs? And on the pun or on, on trying to deal with the, the Sunday hangover? Which one? <laughs> on the pun. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you had a rough time on Sunday. Yeah, it was a bit rough, particularly with the, the baby girl, but yeah, it was all right. Um, on the punt, yeah, it was pretty good. It would have been lovely if Stray got up in the fourth there, but I think she just conditioning gave out. So Yeah, that would have yeah. been huge. That was lovely. Yeah, nice little $41 to start to start the day would have been awesome. But yeah, I think top ranked getting through and, and winning like he did, I think was great. And then we had a couple of little... Little wins uh, throughout the day, but I think the big bet was top rank, so I was pretty happy with that. Yep. Set up the day, really. You managed to steer me into that one, which I am incredibly grateful for. Um, and we've got some good racing coming up again this weekend. Um, yeah. I'm particularly looking forward to Mooney Valley because I actually really like the track and just punting there. Same. It's probably one of my more favoured Victorian tracks to have a punt at. 100%. I... Um, just the like you'd say it's very leader bias, right? Normally you would say just with the way the track's structured, it's more a leader bias. But you also want to see a horse, horses who are strong around a bend. So some of the, some of those straight line horses seem to really struggle with picking up around the bend, and obviously with that short straight, you're obviously going to be found out pretty quickly. So usually you want to be having those inside barriers up there around the speed or just off it and, and usually kicking around the bend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. It like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's that, but I, I, I have a, a different level of confidence there when I'm on like a short price favourite, you know? Especially yeah. Especially if it's a leader. I just feel like the percentages are higher. Oh, yeah. Inside barrier leader. Yeah. Usually, yeah, you usually a shoe in for at least a top three. So if you're putting those little bet backs on or anything like that, you're usually pretty comfortable coming around that bend. Yeah. And that, that actually leads me into something I wanted to ask you. In the, in the Moir race seven at the Valley, mm-hmm. cool and gutter with 50 kilos from barrier one. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> See, it's always that big jump up to open grade yes i do concede obviously that she's she's obviously got the i guess the weight advantage over her rivals but i wasn't super convinced with her first up performance Mm. Uh, i don't know um 
obviously Jay Carr jumping on board's a big one. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you look at it like, yes, she's, she was 50 kilos to, on Friday night, but when she was, she was 50 kilos in the McEwen. Yeah. And she started $2.50 and she was still had the inside barrier, barrier five. Yes, she had the speed drawn around her with Zeus style in the Congo and all those. But I'm still not sold on whether she's made that jump into, I guess, open mare's grade. Yeah. And fair enough. I felt like she was going to do it that race, to be honest, but just didn't really. Oh, like, well, she's, she's, yeah, like she, she had that late drifters, obviously, as well. So obviously the, the big syndicates weren't super keen on her either. But again, I think that was also it came down. I think I remember that 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 meeting. There was quite a favour to be on pace because yeah. the rail the rail was out five five meters. So it was yeah. So I can see why there was obviously a bit of a, a, a set against her, particularly like we had you had Zoo style drawn inside her, which he's just a speed demon, and it showed obviously in that race. And then you had Rothy next door who kind of got the drag over. So yeah. I can see why they had that drift because she was either going to get caught three wide or she was going to have to get shuffled back, which she did. So. Yeah, and Rothfire, um, now I heard off uh, a friend of ours who uh, has a share that um, Heathcote was kind of last preparation, a bit worried about how he was going to come back from the injury. And um, just held him back a bit, but this this prep, um, I think it's all systems go. And he, geez, looked, he looked good. He, he looked fantastic. That he had that big finish on him. He was that typical Rothfire, just sustained speed. I, he's a he's a bulletproof horse. Mm. And as as Bobby always said, he's, he reminds him a bit of buffering. Yeah, it was we know it was a bit of a Mooney Valley champ for for us Queenslanders back in the day. Yeah, well, like I'd I'd love to see him come back as good as he was when he just before he got injured. I think we're get, really going to see this this race on Friday night. Like how how good he's actually come back. Yeah, that's true. And but the thing, have you looked at the, I guess the field and how much speed is engaged on Friday? No, well that's what I, I was hoping you'd kind of like let me know about. Oh, that is, they that are is going. They're going to hook. So you've got obviously Zoo Style and Barry Nine, who you know is going to jump and just take that lead. You've then got Rothy inside him, who could end up anywhere. You've got Malkovich, who is an absolute control freak. You've then got Generation in there as well. Cool and Gatter, obviously, like you said. And then you've got Maliva, who can also sit, sit either on speed or just off. So it's going to set a, a blistering speed, I reckon. That's going to be, yeah, it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be great yeah. to watch. Oh, yeah, it's it's a lottery if you're going to ha- try and have a pun in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, we'll see. Well, I mean, I will. Maybe just – I might just play Rothy and Cool and Gutter, just small, yeah. and see what happens. See, so, yeah, because yeah, I think I think the big thing would be that weather watch with it as well because you got to look at a couple of horses who aren't super appreciative of the heavy deck, a.k.a. like a zoo style, for example, and then there's Malkovich who doesn't really run in the heavy – yeah. So you've got to certainly be considerate of that. I don't seem to think like they've, I think they've got showers today, but I don't think you're going to expect much more. I think they've got showers, maybe not today yeah. or with it. There's showers, showers leading I up think to the meet anyway. Was, we were just speaking to Kane from um, yeah. Melbourne. He was, he was saying, I think the next couple of days they're expecting weather. Yeah. Cause today, I, I looked today's on the, nice down there. I think. I looked on the bomb last night, and I think they said under five mils leading up to 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 tomorrow. So mm. I think it'll be like scattered showers, but I don't. I think we'll be racing on like a hopefully a soft six, soft five, even if at best. Yeah, lovely. And is there anything in that meeting you fancy at all, or are you still well? Clear I'll be watching pretty closely because there was a real nifty horse who I really liked in the first called KGB. It's a uh, it's a Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. horse. The yeah. only problem that I have with that horse is synthetic to turf and it's always traditionally been a bit of a, a red flag for a horse. But I really loved the way he picked up on, on debut. Like he took them around the bend at Packham, got around and then just kicked on the bend. He did a lot of things right. So I think he could be a bit of a smart horse. Okay. And obviously your Russian revolutions, they love – they love to run and jump, so he'll be right on pace. And obviously, the form jockey in Melbourne and D Lane on board obviously is a really positive thing. So I'd just be just keep an eye on it. I think you you can shop around for about the seven seven fifty with your big corporate. So it might be worth a, a good play if you see a like late market push. Yeah, 
Oh, it sounds like a play, mate. I'll be having a play. Um, yeah. And what what about uh, – so that's probably the only one you kind of look at. No, I'm also liking in the race two Troach, Godolphin runner, the, the filly. Yeah. So that's – she came out last start pretty much – Craig Williams had her on speed really nicely. And then um, I think it was Lady Laguna who kind of kicked up on the outside, took over the lead, and, and Troach just sat behind her, won quite convincingly. So I don't know why really she's so so long in price when yeah. really we know that she's drawn quite nicely. She can take a sit if she wants or she can, or she can lead. So, yeah, I'd be willing to play a little bit on Troach. Yeah, okay. I reckon would be a nice little play each way. Yeah, I think I might have um, might have even been on that last start. I yeah, it was it was it was a good win, and again, we, we know Williams is one of the best in the business, so he'll put her where she needs to go. And the fact that he's got he's a bit familiar with her now as well, which is which is quite a positive thing. Mate, I like that. I really like that. Uh, we just would. I won't keep you too much longer, but let's um. Can we just have a quick chat about the Golden Rose on Saturday as well? Of course we can. Um, now, it looks like a fantastic race. Um, I wanted to ask you, in secret, um, she's actually quite, what running favourite. Um, what's a... I don't know. Like, it's what, what is, What's the thoughts on her? Well, there, there was um, on her. So yeah. she's a feeling... Um, I've got a little bit of reservations about her 270 price at the moment. Yeah. Now, it's probably not televised, but I was checking like the gear changes in the race on Tuesday and James coming to put uh, synthetic filler in her off four legs. Okay. So I'm not sure what to take of it. So is it the fact that she's got foot issues? Who knows? So I'm a little, I load a little bit of reservations on her because of that. It's okay. so like obviously I do concede obviously her run to the Rose uh, victory uh, beating Bessie was just electric with Tommy on board. Yeah. But, yeah, I've just just got a few little concerns with those feet. So I'll be waiting to see if James comes out and addresses that issue because I think it's starting to make its way around Twitter and all your socials mm. about that. So, yeah, so, we'll wait so and see. So you still run her if, they, if there wasn't yeah, any issues? I think they still run her. Like obviously you've got the soft deck. Um, potentially over there on Rose Hill on Saturday. So obviously it's not going to be a huge concern if it is soft, but it's just a reservation that I have with – I don't like seeing it as a, as a gear change, particularly this far into a prep as well. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Is it something that's developing over time? Who knows? You think the money might tell a bit closer to the jump on that one? You've, you've nailed it. So you have the, obviously your yard watchers and your big syndicates. They probably might take a set against her just seeing that, but who knows really? Yeah. And again, Phillies don't seem to have a huge um, success in this race as well. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So then you might see those syndicates who are purely looking at those those stats putting a set against us. So you might actually get a better price come race time. Yeah, okay. We're keeping an eye on that. Um, now, with that meeting, even the weekend in general, what are you what are you thinking? Is there anything you really like? Um, at the Rose Hill meeting, I thought Nimalee in the seventh was a really, really good play at 550. Okay. Um, so her Big first run up. Last start, wasn't it? Huge run. So her first, well, she was first up at the 6th of August in that, in that Group 2 missile. I remember where Hard Empire went down and was about 100 to 1 and stormed down the outside yeah, yeah. with Forbidden Love starting. So she, she was quite disappointing there. So I felt I, I, I was kind of like a question marks over over her then then she had a bit of a trial back in in mid-august and it was really good so i think it's set up perfectly for her in that tramway and then she was game on speed behind zaki yeah. and then obviously she beat profondo home by one and a half lengths converged with obviously the the jury's still out on whether he's actually that good but i think ice bath frank deformed from that race last week where she flew home to run second behind animo so yeah. i feel like she's a great great player i'm not too concerned by that outside barrier because i think she'll roll forward yep. she's got fantastic record at um at the track and distance with two starts for a win and a second and she's she's only missed the top three on one occasion from five attempts at the track. So I feel like she's a nice little play, Nimalee, at, at around the 550 mark there in the seventh of Rose Hill. 
Yeah, interesting. And that's your, your man, Regan Bayless, on that. Yeah. He's the one that sings, isn't he? Well, he's 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 got a, quite a good um, good relationship with her. Like he wrote her obviously in the in that really nice trial that she had obviously yeah. in August, and then he obviously had her and at Randwick behind Zaki. So I'm really happy. I like I always like to see that where a jockey continues an association with a horse. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, he might be singing on the weekend, mate. Let's hope. Now, so. let's pray and hope. Yeah, um, mate. Look. Thanks so much for uh, having a chat with us. You are the best at what you do. I will will confidently say that. It's an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. No, let's hope we uh, get some winners on the weekend and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds like a plan, mate. Take it easy. Thanks, buddy. Bye. So this is um, a bloke called Bryson DeChambeau. And he's a American golfer. Um, I don't know if you've heard much about that live tour where they a bunch of them defected from the PGA and got paid tons of Saudi money to go and play on this live tour that's run by Greg Norman. You know, Cameron Smith went. You would have heard about this. Cam Smith? Yeah, the golfer. Oh, the golfer. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Cam Smith... Um, He's over. He got paid like 120 million to go and play on this. They're all getting paid heaps of money. I'm thinking this Bryson guy probably got paid 100 million too. But the PGA and everything's really pissed off about That's it. It's pretty good for a rugby player. <laughs> no, it's no, it's not Cam Smith. It's Cam Smith. Oh, Cam Smith. Yeah. Oh, yep. The golfer. Oh, oh, yep, yeah. <laughs> um, so Cam Smith went. Um, over there for 120 million. Anyway, so this you got to watch this because this guy's known this Bryson guy, right? He's known as just a bit of a he's turned he turned himself into a bit of a villain. He like hits it long. He's got kind of like an ugly swing. He looks like a bit of a frat boy. He's a bit weird, but he's he's a real wanker. And um, so this watch this just really sums him up because this has happened recently, and this is uh this is a video taken by a fan at the um. At a live golf tournament. Oh my God. See the, the rope kind of hit. He walks into the rope. He's walked into the rope. His caddy's giving him a water bottle. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sit into the crowd. Has he, has he gone down? He's gone down. Now, if you want to, if you want to look that up, which I suggest you do, look up Bryson DeChambeau walks into rope or something like that. But basically, have you ever seen anything like a grown man carry on like that? A grown man who's getting paid probably a hundred million dollars. You know, so so has he gone down from the rope? So there's ropes that they use to like hold the crowds back, and they were walking uh, with the rope, the guys in front of him, and he's walked into the rope somewhere on his neck or face region, and he's gone to the ground, stayed down on his knees like he'd just been shot, <laughs> and then his caddy comes over with a bottle of water to help him. Because obviously all he needed was a bottle of water. He didn't really... I'm sure he didn't need a fucking ambulance. And he hits the water out of the caddy's hand towards the crowd so, and goes, damn it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Minga, who, who is this guy? His name's Bryson DeChambeau. He's a, he's a villain in golf. Yeah, like he's, he, That sort of behaviour, I guess, is like what he's known for. But that is just like... It's, it's like childish and... It's just like, it's so embarrassing. Cam Smith wouldn't have done that. Cam Smith's not like that. That's why Cam Smith's getting paid $20 million more than him. That's why he's bloody captain of Queensland. Yeah, you can't, you're not going to. Captains don't do that stuff. No. You don't lead Queensland to eight origin wins (laughs) if you're going to go down. 
over a rope to the face or neck re- region. I you, don't know. You're not a future immortal if a little rope's bloody dropping you to your no, knees like that. And Cam Smith, um, Cam Smith, the um, golfer Cam Smith wouldn't do that either. No, he wouldn't. He'd just get on with it. He's from Queensland as well. <laughs> He'd just get on with That's it, Mingus. So they're just leaders, you know, Cam Smith, mm. leader. But check that video out if you haven't seen it. It is truly one of the most embarrassing things you'll ever see a professional athlete do. And the fact that that guy's on so much money, it is, it's, it's really is disgusting. It's weird that it's real. I know, but that's what I was thinking actually. I was like, is this possible that he he's trying to he's doing something crazy and like put it causing a big scene like that? Yeah. Like acting to try and get more like eyes on like their He's going for the shooter McGavin. Yeah, because maybe like if he becomes more of a loser, he's got to deal with like he want they want more eyes on this whole live golf thing. D- does that happen? Did we just come up with you these crazy what? theories? That makes some sense. A little bit makes a bit of sense. They need content. I'd like watch. I'd watch that guy because of the rope incident. Yeah, you'd want to see him. Like, I'd want to see everything that he does. Yeah, if he's carrying on, and yeah. it could it could be like that because it honestly looks hard to believe that a grown man would react like that to something like. I like that. it. I think it's smart. <laughs> it could be. Um. Anyway, we've got the President's Cup on this weekend too, which I'd like to talk about, but Cam Smith isn't in it. So is he? Um, where is he? Um, I don't know if he's got... Well, he's probably doing like some fi- footy, finals footy stuff. Yeah, is he really? commentating? Or well, yeah, he does a bit of commentating and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, with the whole lived affection and stuff like that, there's players that aren't playing because the, the President's Cup is like international, so it's Australia and the Asia and like South Africa. Um, South America, all them against the USA. Oh, really? Like, yeah, all our best players. But our best player is uh, eight in a row, state of origin winning Cam Smith. He He's not playing in it because he's defected to this live thing that Bryson's on, right? Right. Which almost, for me, makes it... So like, he's gone for the coin. Yeah, but it's just annoying that the PGA can, like, stop them from playing in all these... Things because this is like a really good spectacle in golf, the President's Cup. Like it's great to watch. It's all like match play. It's not and different like formats like that. It's it's really cool, but um, it's kind of all ruined by this. Whole did, thing. did Cam Smith? So he obviously had a choice in what the, whether he plays which Cam Smith, the golfer. Yeah, yeah he, had a, he had a choice where he wanted to play. Which that, one? From, whether he wanted to play for <laughs> Queensland or Melbourne Storm. Yeah, yeah, he had a choice, but the choice was uh, $120 million to come and play in this Greg Norman-run Saudi um, golf league or, you know, would pay $120 million to do that, I yeah. think, US. Can you look that up, Tish? Cam Smith, the golfer. <laughs> <laughs> How much he got played. How much Cam Smith, the golfer, got paid to play in, in Live? Was he? I think it's 120 million US, which fuck knows what that is Australian. What do you reckon Cam Smith, Melbourne Storm legend, mm. would be on a year in his prime? Would, would have been on nearly a million a year, I reckon. So, sort of similar Maybe to not. AFL. Yeah, um, he got 100 million, and he would get a hundred million bu- dollar bonus. Two hundred million. Yeah. Two two hundred million. Yeah. What do you mean a hundred million dollar bonus? It says Cameron Smith joins Live for a hundred million dollars. Live Golf Lord the world's second ranked golfer with a hundred million dollar bonus. Oh, does that just mean the same hundred million dollars? It's a lot of money. I don't know. Either way, once you got a hundred million, what do you need another hundred million for? Sorry, maybe it's just the same hundred million dollars. That's would you just, right. would mean, you you just retire? Need Nobody needs that much money. Would you just retire well, if you got a hundred? Well, you got to go and play. No, you'd no, probably still play. No, nah, after the after the hundred mil, like isn't that just enough? Yeah, I think it would ruin, surely ruin any like competitive drive you ever have once you've got um, enough money when nothing matters anymore. I don't know. Weird. It is. It is weird that, that Cam Smith would just would just play for the for the love of it though. I reckon. The jumper. 
Yeah. Well, maybe he would. Maybe that's what he'll do. Maybe that's what he used to do. Yeah. So they have I to actually they have to actually um, play to a whole bunch of conditions in order to get their money, though. What's the condition? Um, they have to promote the league activities. They have to attend every session. Promote the league activities. I don't know what that means. Mm. Like they have to um, add one of the logos to their equipment sponsors. Their hats. They need to display more than one logo. That's all. That sounds all pretty standard, boring stuff. Yeah. The more I think <laughs> about your mate Bryson. Yeah. That's I'm a setup, Mingo. Yeah, I reckon it's a setup. That's not real. Yeah, I reckon we're going to see a bit more from this live golf. Toad coat. I reckon. Mm. Setup. The guy with the row. Are you thinking conspiracy? Yeah. Content creating conspiracy. It's probably just like that. <laughs> he could. He could. He could well be. <laughs> Um. Anyway, I don't know if we've got much more to talk about on golf. <laughs> um, I would have given you some. I would have given you some um, tips in that Presidents Cup, but I don't think this is going to be out in time. It'll probably start first. Um. Yeah. So we won't do it. Um. All right. Should we pull? Should we pull it up there? Wrap it up. I reckon. What are we running at an hour twenty? At, yeah, hour twenty. Okay. Well, Minga, uh, we'll probably pull it up there. This has been hard, to say the least. We did it, Minga. Um, I feel like we're probably going to get better as we go on. I'd like to think so. I hope so. There's room for improvement, we'll, and we will improve. Yeah, we will possibly have a, have an intro song or a theme song next week. Get on, get on D-pads about it. Yeah, that'd be good. Be sick. Um, if you want any of the tips on the show, they'll be up on the Instagram. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you to subscribe. Uh, probably going to put it on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. So I'll ask you to subscribe to that because I think that we need people to subscribe. Um, I'm not very, never been very good at the whole self-promotion thing, so this is actually quite difficult. But please, please subscribe. Next week will be a big week, Minga. Yeah. We're going to have grand final results. Yeah. And we're going to have a grand final coming up. Yeah. And big bear week. with us. We'll get better at this. It's, uh, it was difficult doing it for the first time. But, um, yeah. And we'll get ready for some good UFC cards coming up towards the end of this year too. We'll be covering them extensively. Happy punting.